and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it, or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach, and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches, and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals, but we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. I am so excited to have this young man on my podcast today. (laughs) Uh, I think I asked him about six months ago to be on my podcast, and that was before this new podcast was was evolved or had evolved. But here he is today, the one and only Billy Schwer. Did I say your surname correctly? Schwer, you got it perfectly right. Welcome, Billy. You got to stop evolving. You got to keep stop changing. Then what podcast is next? What's happening? This is it now. This is done. It's done now. And what is this one? The real live life. Real life sports show. Real life. I am real. Yeah. I have a life. Yeah. And your sports your background of sports. I've kind of done a bit of sport. Yeah. You kind of yeah, which we're going to talk about. I mean, yeah. I mean, sports is. I'm a massive sports fan. I'm lucky enough to coach some very top athletes and sports people. And I thought, what do I want to talk about? I love podcasting, but let me just talk about sports stuff because that's what floats my boat. Um, So, and hence now have you here, Billy. So I was going to say, so is this specifically for sports people? Coaches, trainers, I guess. Yeah, anyone in the, I mean, sports media even actually. The sports arena. Yeah, the arena, that's a better word, because it's its like we all see the glory, right? You know, yeah. and even if, if you're a sports presenter, I spoke to Beth Fisher, she works for ITV, and, you know, you can look and think that's all glamorous, but what goes on behind all of that glamour? So that's what it's about. The, the pain, the suffering, the blood, yeah. the sweat, <laughs> the tears. You know, like, we love all a bit of reality TV, don't we, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. What goes on behind, right? We want the next yeah. thing. yeah. Anyway, who is Billy Schwer? Why don't you introduce yourself and who Billy Schwer is? So I'm a former British Commonwealth European and World Boxing Champion. Here we go. Oh, amazing. Wait, I need to take a live picture while you've got that up. That looks amazing. Which belt is that? 
That's the IBO World Championship belt. Wow. Yeah, because obviously people uh, listening can't see that. That's the IBO. But what this, what, so what we're going to talk about today, right? So this, this belt is a metaphor for people's lives. Right. So I become a champion of the world and it was a long and arduous journey, but I got to achieve my dream, right? Dreams do come true. Yeah. If you're willing to give something up, sacrifice some things, go through the pain, suffering, whatever you got to do to get there, because you'll hear my story anyway. But this is a metaphor for everyone's life because it's about my, my, my world is all about supporting, empowering and inspiring people to become the champion of their worlds. Yeah, I love that. Whatever that whatever that looks like. Now you're talking about a sporting arena, coaching athletes or sports people. So then supporting them to becoming world class. But also let, let's look at being world class for ourselves. Yeah. If you're a trainer, if you're a coach, or whoever you are, I believe that if you're operating at a certain level and your integrity is present for yourself, then you're going to be operating at that's going to raise your game. Yeah. So we're looking to raise other, our people that we're working with their games, but let's let's lift ourselves up also. Absolutely, I love that message. Absolutely love that message. I mean, I, I followed you on LinkedIn for a long time, and I love your energy and your passion for life and for helping other men. It's incredible. But before we get to that good stuff, I mean, that belt is incredible, by the way. That that IBO belt is phenomenal. What does that mean to you having that belt? Because just just seeing it, I get excited. That belt's been all around the world with me. So when I'm taking that through. Um, when we could, the security <laughs> at airports, it gets all sorts of eyes gets raised. <laughs> but what that enables me, what that means to me, it's, it's, re it's really about what I'm capable of and what's possible for, for anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm just a normal kid from Luton Town in Bedfordshire in the UK. And I won the British, the Commonwealth, the European up. I've been top of the bill in Las Vegas. I've traveled all around the world. I've had an extraordinary professional boxing career. Yeah. So that's, that belt is a symbolize, <laughs> it symbolizes my, my success. And, it's, and it's, a, it's a symbol for other people really as well. Because if I could do that, then surely anything's possible. Mm. It's gonna take something. For and sure. That's, that, that's, that's what I want to talk to you about, what it takes, um, the mindset, the grit and determination. So. Let's start, like, how did you get involved in boxing first? How old were you? So I started boxing when I was eight. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. How it all come around was, is, which is a really interesting story, because I'm so fascinated by what drives people, why we do what we do, how we end up the way we end up, yeah. the relationships we have, the, the life we have, the bodies we have, all of that stuff, and the, especially the jobs that we do. Because I was fascinated because I used to step into the ring as a professional boxer prepared to die. That's how committed I was, wow. it's like, which is really extreme. Like, you know, that killer instinct that some people possess and some maybe don't. But, I, but we all possess it to a degree. But it's like, how many of, how many of, how many of us really, really live by that and can turn that on when needed? That's so and I'm interested to do that journey with you, like from this eight-year-old kid to then getting in the ring and having that prepared to give it everything, you know. So what happens when being eight and starting boxing to then being in the ring and having that desire? It started earlier than when I was eight. It started when I was five. 
So there I am, five years of age, in my mum and dad's front room with my two older sisters, Mandy and Lisa. Lisa's eight and Mandy is 11. And we're rolling around the floor and they're beating me up again. <laughs> what they used to do, you know kids, right? Kids being kids, two against one, what'd you do? You get into the floor, didn't you? Yeah. We've, all, we've all done it. So someone sits on your chest, the other's got my arms pinned back and I'm kicking and screaming and fighting. No, I couldn't fight them off. So I used to get so upset, I would hyperventilate and turn blue. I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then what they used to do, they both, have, they both had beautiful long blonde hair. As I'm pinned to the floor, they used to wave their hair in my face. <laughs> right? And they, they used to sing to me, Billy, don't be a hero. Don't be a fool with your life. You met, do you remember that song? Yeah, I do. You're, you're old enough, do. aren't you? You're old enough. Yeah, I'm old enough. <laughs> That song by Paper Lace called Billy, Don't Be a Hero. So what did I spend my whole life trying to be as a hero? So in, the, in that moment, I made the decision. I decided that no one was ever going to beat me, dominate me, hurt me, or get on top of me ever again, especially women. <laughs> Ask my ex-wife. She'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe come to that. <laughs> so in, in that moment, also, I made an unconscious decision that I was weak. Right couldn't fight my sisters off so I just I decided I was weak mm. so that decision then went into my future so I had to find a way to prove cover up and survive being weak I didn't want anyone to know that's that's why so at eight years of age my dad was a boxer so I used to I used to see in the loft right in his lot in the loft we'd have the old black and white boxing pictures his old they were they were horsehair boxing gloves back in the day okay. from the 60s and I used to see them there and his old boxing boots with the leather soles. I used to see that they were kind of there, but I wasn't really consciously aware of it. But the story is that I asked my dad to take me down to the gym when I was eight years of age, because I obviously unconsciously I was looking for something. Yeah. And that was my, that was my access to prove that I wasn't weak. Mm. So that, but then also what happened for me was when I was 11 years of age, I had my first, so I started boxing when I was eight, had my first contest when I was 11. Wow. And then it was on my third amateur boxing fight. So this is 40 years ago. And it was back in the day when uh, the events were big black tie dinners, gentlemen's evenings. They're all sitting there in their dicky bows, smoking cigars. It's one of those things. I remember them. I, I boxed for three rounds. I'm boxing a guy called Jason Meager, who's a mate of mine. And um, I, lose on a, I lose on points. Right. And I'm in the ring. I'm absolutely devastated crying my eyes out, I'm in floods of tears, my dad's trying to console me, I'm in bits. I make another decision that I'm not good enough. So from 11 years of age, the story, my story is that I'm not good enough and I'm weak. So that was such a driver for me to prove that I wasn't because we've all got an opinion of ourselves, each and every one of us, we, we've all got that. But yeah. the point is, is, is it true? Is your opinion of yourself, does it inspire, uplift and empower you? Where is it? Because it's maybe not the truth. Because what happened to me was I made those decisions and then I decided to become a certain way to prove and cover up and survive being weak and I'm not good enough. So I become very courageous, very persistent, very tough. So that, that was my, that's my winning combination. Yeah. That's what had me become a world-class athlete. But also at the same time, what that put instilled in me, those attributes that are very nice and ones you'd be proud of, 
disciplined or dedicated, all of, all of those lovely ones. But what came with that are the ones that you kind of wouldn't really like to mention. <laughs> yeah. They are aggressive, domineering, selfish, inconsiderate, always right, rah, rah, rah. So they, they came with them. Yeah. So that served me really well as a boxer, but didn't serve me well in life. No. Ask my ex-wife. She'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> but then it's, so, then it's, so, so that served Billy the Boxer. So Billy the Boxer got created from a kid of five, 11. So those decisions that I made about myself really shaped me. Yeah. And they, that, that, so they, they enabled me to, but so much so as a, as a professional boxer to really, I was so committed to that. And I was willing to give my life to prove that. Yeah. It kind of sounds insane. Yeah. But that, that's how that's how my identity got created. And that's how Billy the Boxer got created from a very young age. Wow. That, I've not heard anyone talk about it like that. You know, I've spoken to a lot of athletes over the last couple of months. And yeah, I've not heard anyone speak about it like that. That you, you know, at five years old and 11 years old, you, you know, yeah. moments. So. So yeah. So what I've, what I've had to do, Sam, for my own personal sanity mm. is I've had to go and really discover who, how I got, created what was because Billy the boxer served Billy as I mentioned but it didn't serve Billy when I retired as a 31 year old man that's really interesting though and sorry to cut, cut in there because how but how did that serve you you know you know Billy the boxer great because you know I like I said talk to lots of sports people you know their identity as a sports personality or professional or elite athlete that's one thing and it's big and people put you on a pedestal and you might have to be a certain way in order to be the best but how does that serve you in your life, day in, and how did that serve you? It, ser it didn't. It served Billy the Boxer in that arena. Everything that I had served Billy the Boxer. Yeah. That's what had me become world class. Mm. But it didn't serve, so when, so it didn't serve Billy. Yeah. But I was blinded to who I was when I was Billy the Boxer. I was just going through my life. Because the only, the only outcome that I was looking to achieve was winning the world title. I was so attached to getting there, I sacrificed everything. I, I ru ruined loads of relationships. Nothing was going to get in my way. Nothing. Nobody, no nothing was going to get in my way for me to achieve that. When, you, when was the decision made to that world champion was what you wanted to be and how long did it take you to get there so i so i, I recently reconnected with an old school friend of mine and it was we was we went to junior school together and i was around about 11 and he was eight he was a little bit younger than me and back in the day we, he was he was really good at body popping Break dance, so i used to do break dancing you know we used to get the old <laughs> final final mat out yeah so he was really good at that. And I was boxing. So we had a deal. So I said, you teach me how to body pop and I'll teach you how to fight. And then I whacked him. I give him a whack and he went, oh. And, it, and he reminded me recently that I said I was going to be a world champion when I was around about, oh, I must have been 10 or 11. Really? So, yeah. So that, so that, so that was kind of created around that time. Mm -hmm. So then I had my first contest when I was 11 and yeah. I become the world champion 20 years later, two decades. 31. So you were 31 then. 31, yes. Yeah. So, but, but my first challenge for the world championships when I was, was six years prior to that in 1995. And I eventually won it six years later on the fourth attempt. Wow. 
So there was so in between that time was I won the British, the Commonwealth, the European Championships. But my first attempt was back in '95, top of the bill in Las Vegas. That was my first attempt, which I failed at. Mm. I got two big cuts. I had 70 stitches, seven zero stitches all over my face. There's blood everywhere. There's a bloodbath. So they stopped the fight. So that was a so that was the journey. And um, but yeah, two decades. Can you imagine? Two decades. 20 years that's incredible I, I, you know this is what i love about sport when i speak to you know olympians or whatever you know people like yourself world champions you know the the years the years to get to the top of the tree and actually i, I think in business it's not a lot different it's the same we see don't we you see this glory um but actually we don't know the process and how long that process has been and which is why i want to do this podcast because i want Oh, I want everyone's story, right? I want to hear what, you know, what it's taken you to get there. And I'm sure every story is different, but I do think there is this thread of this period of time. It does not happen overnight. And like I say, it's, it's the, it's the grit and the, the guts that goes behind it in order to get to that level, to reach the pinnacle. What, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? Because obviously you said that, you know, you were Billy the boxer and you, a lot of relationships didn't go well and stuff like that. Do you think, had you known them what you know now would have had an impact on how you showed up oh. in, your other, in your life? Sam, I would love to do it all again, but I would do it so, I wouldn't do any differently, but I would be, I would be very different. Mm. So I, I, would, I, would be a, I would be a much better fighter now, knowing what now, now, than if I, went, if I could go back. Really? I, trust me, I wouldn't want to go back and do it again. Once, <laughs> once was enough. No, thank you. No, I've had more cuts, bruises, broken noses than I wish to even think about. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine doing that again. That that was gone over. But I, but I would have, I would have, I would be definitely a different kind of fighter. I would, I would just be more mindful and more present, and just be because I lost, I lost time. Because there's always there's always some attachment to the next fight, the next fight, the next fight. It's kind of like now, as as we're a bit older, we can we talk about enjoying the journey, which is which is hard to do when you're in the thick of it as a professional athlete. It's very yeah. difficult to enjoy it because you're knackered all the time, you're injured all the time. It's just non-stop yeah. pressure. It's just pressure. So now looking back, it's yeah, it's, it's all about the journey. What? Do you think it would have made you a better fighter? Like, because, you know, like obviously I deal with, you know, stuff that I deal with, with sports people it is about, yeah, you know, it's about trying, you know, helping them be successful in sport and in life. Because for me, the two go hand in hand. You, you know, if your life is shit outside, that does transfer for most people, not everyone, into your sport in life. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point, Sam, because it's... Now, so the thing for me was when I was fighting, if I, if I, if I could have sorted my personal life out, but I, but I, at that time, the way that I was, mm. I couldn't see it being any other way. Right. But looking, looking back upon, like, reflecting on it, would I have been a better fighter? I, I don't know, because it, it, the way that I was just gave me that element of kill or be killed fighter, mm -hmm. which really serves... In, box, in the boxing arena. So yeah. if, I was to, if I was maybe too mindful and too, I don't know, if that element was too much in me, would that have impacted my, my 
thought process or my thinking. I don't know. It's a great conversation because I, don't, I didn't know that at that time. But I didn't have any, I had no emotional intelligence. Let's call yeah. it that. Well, yeah. I was unconscious. Yeah. Because my training from a kid when I started boxing at eight was to fight, defend, resist, confront and attack. That's all I knew. Mm. So if that was, if there was an element of that was taken away, would I have been the fighter that I was? It's an interesting conversation. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And, but it's, but it's after the, after the fact is when the athlete finishes, that's the bit to try and catch him. Yeah. Now, if, if I was speaking to Billy the boxer, when he just retired from boxing, I wouldn't have been ready to listen either. Because mm. I was, I was too, too ego, too unconscious still. And I had to go on my journey of chaos and failing and mistakes to, to get to a point to realize that, oh, I, I need to change. Yeah. yeah. Being the same way just didn't work. And I, but, it, but I had to go on my own personal journey. And it's going to be different for everyone. Sure, sure. But that, but that edge that I had would knowing, would being a bit more, what would be the, what would be the word to describe it? Not, yeah, mindful, but conscious. Yeah, well, you know, yes, you know, mindful of that and self aware, having that self awareness of who you are outside of the ring or outside of the pitch or, you know, you know, the field, whatever. Um, yeah. Would, have, would, that, would, that, would that have taken my killer instinct away? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. See, it's it's a, such an interesting conversation. So talking to fighters now, yeah. it's like a, you have to be, I have to be mindful of, of that also. And it's almost like you've got to let them go and do their thing to a degree, as long as they're not causing harm or, mm any ups as much as they can because they are a certain way because listen listen what you got to get also boxing is very different to other sports mm. but professional boxing because professional boxing but, look, at other, look at other sports you play football you play rugby you play golf you don't play boxing mm. you step into the ring as a professional not as an amateur but as a professional boxer to cause bodily damage yeah and that is the brutal truth of it do you think, because obviously it's like, like rugby is quite aggressive. Very. But, but you have to have discipline and you have to have discipline with boxing, surely. And Absolutely. I think that's where that, you know, your outside, your personal life and what's going on outside of the ring or off the pitch yeah. comes into play because you lose your discipline, you're going to lose the game or the, the fight or whatever, right? But it's the intention Mm. Rugby is really tough. That's a hard game, that is. Mm. But the intention is to get the ball over the line. Yeah. And, and along the way, there's going to be a few scuffles. But yeah. the intention of boxing is very different. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's all about intention. Yeah. So you go into the ring intended to hurt somebody. Now, that, that's a certain kind of mindset to, to continuously live in that environment, that mindset unconsciously, because... I've had a friend of mine killed in the ring. I know guys that have been permanently brain damaged. Wow. It's a brutal, beautiful business. The noble art, the sweet science is beautiful. And it's also barbaric. And it's yeah. all of those things that people may complain about. They're true. It's, they're very valid to have those views about boxing. Yeah, that, yeah. I, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about that because it is a, it, it's, it's controversial in some ways. 
you know, there is very much divided opinion about it being a sport and being barbaric. And should we still be in this day and age chucking two people in a ring to batter 10 bells of shit out of each other? Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm, do you know, what? even in my own, like, like, I sometimes I watch it and sometimes I can't watch it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I struggle yeah. sometimes myself. Yeah, and I, and I totally understand that for people. Yeah. And that's why a lot of mothers don't want to send their kids to amateur boxing classes. Because they think it's the same, but it's so not. Amateur boxing is such a great thing for a kid to do. There's so many life lessons for a, for a kid to go and participate in amateur boxing. Mm. So many life lessons, which you can't get, you can get them elsewhere, but they're just different. Yeah. Or for a young child to go and go and just train, get amongst people, get coached, have the discipline, step into the ring to spar. That's, that takes a lot of courage. Mm. Just to step into the ring and spar, get yeah. punched in the face, takes huge courage, but there's lots of lessons in there. And a lot, of, a lot of mothers don't want their kids to experience that because they think it's going to be something else. But we kind of get punched in the face anyway at some point with life. Yeah. And you're, you're boxing such a great metaphor for life. Yeah. And life is a, life is, yeah, it's a struggle. It ain't easy. Life's a battle. Mm. So the sooner you can get prepared for that, and boxing kind of gives you the ability to, to withstand the kind of bit of suffering, a bit of pain, a bit of hardship, a bit of bit of sacrifice. It ain't a bad thing, I don't think. But but you know, I've not been around the boxing world. Um, but does it prepare you on the back end? You know, for some of the I don't want to use the word softer, but some of the more subtle things in life. Like you know, obviously, we both now work in the coaching arena. It's about yeah. it's about understanding yourself. It's about self awareness. Um, how, let's put it like this, when you got to the end of your career, so when did you retire? I was 31 in 2001. Right. I've been retired 20 years. Wow. And what, what was the decision around, what was the decision making around that? Had you come off the back of a loss? We, what was? Here's, here's when I made that decision. I'm in the back of the ambulance and I'm on the way to hospital for the second time. Yeah. I've just been knocked out, lost my world title, Game over. Mm. There I am. It's in that moment. Because I'd stepped up into the ring that night, as I always did, prepared to die, kill or be killed. And I'm in the back of the ambulance and I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm about to. Right. Because I had a friend of mine killed. I, I know guys, and I know I'm present to how dangerous it can be. Yeah. And it, in the back of the ambulance, in that moment, I realized that my life as I know it was over. Mm. That was when I made the toughest decision I've ever made to retire from boxing. Wow. In, and it, but also, yeah, but also in that moment, which I'd never knew at the time, I made a, an unconscious decision right, right behind it. I decided that my life's over. What's the point? Got no point. My life is, I'm, I'm over. My life's over. Hmm. So I no longer had any meaning because I was so attached to being Billy the Boxer, being a champion. Then that, then it become my living and my business and my world was that. Yeah. So then no, that was gone. Um, then, that was kind of ripped away from so that was ripped away from me and it was the end it was, there was no choice about it it was just done but also I could have come back you know you, you see fighters who come back they make a comeback yeah. it generally doesn't go very good and I knew in my heart because I thought about coming back all the time but I knew in my heart there was no way 
I was going to be any better than I was in my last fight. How would it be? Yeah. Well, but I did make a mistake because I had that, I had that my first defense of the title too soon because listen, reflection's a great thing in it. Hindsight's a wonderful yeah. thing. But when I won the world title, I ended up in hospital, hmm. just concussion. They released me after two days. But me being me, reckless, greedy, mindless, a bit stupid, I organized my next my next fight three months later. And I remember training for that fight and I got punched in the head sparring. And I thought to myself, it's don't feel right. Right. But I didn't say anything to anybody. I kept it quiet because I wanted to, I had to make it pay now. I'd won that world title. Now it's time to make it pay. Yeah. And that 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 was so so looking back, I Listen, fighters, we're our, we're, we are our own worst enemies sometimes. Yeah. We need protecting from ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where I was. Was there pressure on you then, though? Like, because you said, oh, you know, you've won your world title. Three months later, you've got your next next go. What You know, you saying you had to make it pay. Did you feel pressure or was that personal pressure? Oh, personal, personal. Mm. It was, it was because I won it on my fourth attempt 20 years later. So let's get it on. Let's get, let's get stuck in and let's make it pay. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, it didn't pay. <laughs> didn't pay at all. Paid a big price. A big price. The other, yeah, it paid the other way. So, yeah. But hey, no one can take it away from the fact that you. Oh man, what a, what a journey it's been, man. And you know, the biggest battle that I've had has been since I've retired. I was going to ask you that. Cause like, you know, yeah. How it took its toll during, you know, the years that you were active. You know, how did that take its toll on you? You know, what did your days look like then when you were training, you know, for your fights, the European, the Commonwealth, the world, what was your life like, you know, day in, day out? What commitment did it take? I lived and breathed boxing 24 seven. Everything was eat, sleep, train. That was, that was kind of it. Mm. I was continuously always looking at the next phase, the next part. I'd have little breaks every now and then. And, uh, but it was generally just, that was, that was the pathway. Mm. Just, I was just given, I was all, all encompassing, all pervasive. Yeah. The boxer. Yeah. That, that just everything. So if you can imagine, yeah, just living 24 seven that way. Did you not ever get to a point though? Cause obviously like as a kid, you had these revelations as a kid, you know, where you just thought, well, you know, I've proved my point now. I'm, I'm strong. I'm not weak. But I didn't know all this, all the stuff that I've, what I shared earlier, that's all been discovered after the event. Right. So that's so, so I'm now 20 years down the road. So I didn't know all that at the time. Mm. It's only that the journey that I've been on of self-discovery to, re so that's how I figured that bit out. So I know, so I, I want to know what, how I ended up the way I ended up. Why was that? Yeah. Because my life, I got to a point where my life just wasn't working. Mm. So then I had, why, why is it not working? So then I got to a point where, oh, maybe it's, you're not working. Yeah. That's yeah. the bit. In yeah. all areas of my life, I was looking, so what's not working then? It's not working. Yeah. Nothing was working. Depression, divorce, bankruptcy, mm. nothing's working. Oh, and there was a theme. There was a common theme running through the whole of all those events. You know what it was? Yeah, it's me. 
was there a was there a tipping point for that was there a, was there another generally it comes in threes doesn't it three bad things and then we tip over the edge i don't know about that i had 300 bad things <laughs> but it, no i got to a point in my life in the depths of despair sick and tired of being sick and tired rock bottom lost everything no money no future felt like a failure i was ashamed i was mentally breaking down uh, I was having suicidal thoughts and I was kind of, that was the point I kind of realized I, I need help. I need help. But I did, but mental health wasn't openly discussed 20 years ago. No, it wasn't like, it's all talked about now, but 20 years ago, I was trying to figure out on my own and I, 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 I was ashamed. I didn't, I didn't know how, to, and I tried to fight my way through it. Like I normally do. Yeah. It just didn't work. I made a complete mess of it. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't ask for help. Because I was trying to just do it and do it the way that I was doing it and do it how Billy would do it. Billy the Boxer would do it. Yeah. That's how I was doing my life. Bulldozing my way through everything, causing chaos, upsets everywhere. That's, that's all I knew how to be. Yeah. And I, but, I, but what I'm proud of is that I've, I actually decided to make the change. And, I, and I, what I did was I, I, I've broken the habit of being Billy the Boxer. Mm. So I've... I put that to one side and I've reinvented and recreated myself, which has been the toughest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting you say that we both know Kelly Holmes and she's talked about, you know, life after the gold medals. Same. Um, yeah. And, you yeah. know, we both know Reese and also, you know, loads of athletes and um, there's a cricketer that I know that, you know, retired yeah. and he's struggling and, yeah, it's that struggle when you stop, isn't it? Because you're so wrapped up in the identity of yourself as a sports person. And of course, well, it's, yeah. it's a long road, isn't it? You know, Joe, you, really? you know, you've probably been doing it 20 years, 15, 20 years, and then it stops. And then like, who the fuck am I? You know, who am I? Yeah, yeah, that's the bit, yeah. So that's the bit, yeah, who am I? Mm. Then you go, well, who am I then? Yeah. So what, what do you do about that? That's, that's, so that's the internal work that I've done and which I've been doing for the last 18 years. So the first two years of my retirement, worst two years of my life. Right. And then it, then I, I started to transform myself, but it wasn't, my life wasn't perfect all of a sudden. No. It's taken years to get to where I am today. Mm. And today, Sam, I'm happier, more fulfilled and satisfied than I've ever been, ever, ever. I'm 10 out of 10. My life is 10 out of 10. Yeah. That's what, and that's what's available. Now I've come from having suicidal thoughts to get here. So how did you, how did you do that? Yeah. And that's, that's the work. It is a work. I've been, a, you know, I wasn't a professional uh, athlete, but I've had to do that work myself. Um, you know, yeah, and we all, yeah, you, and we all should. And we, we all should go and have a look inward. For sure. Life is done, you know, it, like, all of life is inside out, but some, sadly we, we tend to do it the other way around, especially to begin with. Um, and the sooner we figure out it's an inside job, the better. And then we go to work on it. Um, yes. But of course, not everyone gets there. Uh, and some people take longer than others. I guess with everything you know now and the coaching that you're doing, and I want to talk to you about that as well, because it's really inspiring. Um, what, what do you think, with everything you know now, what would be your advice to your younger self? If you could look back and, you know, there's kind of like a time machine, but you stay here and your younger self is there. What would you say to that lad? Be patient. Be patient. Okay. Be patient. It's all gonna be. It's all gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. Mm. Be patient. It's gonna be all right. 
Do you feel like you were very impatient back then? Yeah, I was in a hurry to get somewhere. Mm. I was fight, fighting for my life, I suppose. Mm. To be patient, it's going to be okay, calm. Yeah. Pay attention. Do you um, work with any boxers now in your coaching profession? Not really. I speak to I speak to boxers, mm. but not not in in the realms of their coach, so to speak. Mm. I'm I'm open. I speak to any boxers, mm. and I give them my my um, my words of wisdom because I I know it all. I know I know what they're dealing with. Yeah, but it's um, are they ready to hear it? That and um, yeah, you touch on a good point there because I. And that's something I say a lot with people that come to me and want help. I say wanting it is one thing, but are you ready for it? That's a completely different thing. And are you willing? Exactly. It ain't pretty. No, it's not. It's hard work. It's bloody yeah. hard work, the mind. But when you when you conquer it, when you take back the control. Yeah. Sweet, so sweet so with, the, with the boxers that I speak to, it's all kind of future-based. Right what they're up to supporting and inspiring and empowering that element of their lives. Cause, cause they maybe, and it's not for me to start digging into their personal lives. Cause that might, that might throw them off the, throw them off the track. Mm. And I thought it's I not think, my responsibility to do that. No, but I guess, you know, like, you know, I've got experience of, of uh, certain sports people coming and, and, you know, like I say, I deal in helping people with sport and life because, like, you know, for me, it, they cross over. Some Absolutely. people want to ignore that personal life and what's going on in their head and just focus on the game. And that can lead, as you know, to a very, you know, a lot of struggle and a lot of strife and a lot of chaos. And then there's the ones that recognize that actually this isn't working here. So this isn't making this enjoyable, as in the sport. And I'm willing to do the work to make this enjoyable and be as successful as it can be. Brilliant. Um, so that's great, Sam. That's such great work that you're doing. If you, if you could give the, the athlete an access to that, providing they take that on, because mm. that will that will only benefit their performance. It's got to, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's the same in life. Business people, I work with business people. If they can get their stuff sorted mm. in every area of their life, it's going to impact the bottom line. It's going to make more money. They're going to be more successful. It's going to everything. So it's treating the person as a whole, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's it as it's a whole. And not everyone's willing to look at that, but then everyone's not our clients, are they? But, I, you know, I come from a place of that, you know, working on your mindset and having that mental peace of mind, um, you know, helps you focus on all of the areas of your life and enjoy, yeah. you enjoy the journey much more. So, Absolutely. you know, leading into that, tell me about your coaching because I see you on LinkedIn doing your videos and stuff and they're bloody brilliant, you know. I was so looking forward to today because your energy is infectious. Thank you. And, no, it really is. So t tell me how you got into the coaching and, and where that started and where you are now with it. So reinventing, recreating myself took a long time. It wasn't an overnight thing. So I was working on myself. Mm. But then I was also trying to find a new career, a new future. So I was, so I was doing it externally. So I, was, I, I tried loads of different things to try and find a new career. Yeah. I was going to be a film star. I was in three films, did that. Nice. If you ever need evidence that there's the worst actor out there than Billy <laughs> Jones, go and rent it. it. Ain't worth buying a meme machine. I was in that. I did a bit of extra work in the background. So I pursued that, but just wasn't it. I was going to, 
opened a wine bar, a restaurant. I pursued that. I had to go and take some exams to get a license. I failed the exams and I thought, no, that ain't either. Yeah. I had to go be in a courier. My sister had a courier driving business. So I was doing a bit of that. But this was like year 20, this is like 20, yeah, 20 odd years ago before sat now and I kept getting lost. I was useless, <laughs> useless. I was going to be, I thought about being a yoga teacher. I just wasn't bendy enough. I took up horse riding, <laughs> deep sea diving. I took up golf, not at the same time, but I had to go all of those things. And that wasn't it. I had been had to go up. I was going to get a job in a city as a trader. So I was learning to read chart patterns and I was doing spread betting. I did that. I found a guy who's going to give me an opportunity. I started to pursue that. And it's like, I'm a dyslexic boxer. What chance have I got of that? <laughs> I, I even had that. I was going to go and be a boat skipper. I had this vision of driving these big yachts around the south of France and the Bahamas. Yeah. So I pursued that. I found somebody who was going to, he started training me, coaching me. I was going to go and get all the exams and all that. And then I bought, he took me out on his rusty old boat on the North Sea. It's raining. I'm green. I'm throwing up and I'm thinking, <laughs> this ain't it either, is it? <laughs> I've been, I, Sam, I've even had a go at modeling. Well, you're, you're a good looking man. So I'm, I'm with a modeling agency called Uglies. <laughs> So they cater for people with kind of unusual looking faces. Flat noses and things. But yeah, so that wasn't it either. I, I pursued so many different things, trying to figure it out. But all those things I tried. I'm quite proud, actually, to say, because people say, don't ever quit, don't ever stop, don't ever give up, which I didn't in boxing. But in those, in those other areas of my life, like trying to find a new career, I pursued them. And they got to a, a natural point of, I realised that, oh, this is not it. Let's stop that then. Let's not continue going down that path. Now, this all those things I shared with that, that was over a period of years. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that was over, yeah, five, six, seven years. Yeah. It's, um, I just got, yeah, gut feeling, don't feel right. It's not it. Yeah. But at that time, when I was got, trying all those different things, I was, I was working on myself. So the thing that I've ended up doing is what I was doing anyway. I was working on myself, but the thing that I wanted to do was right in front of my face, but I couldn't see it as sometimes yeah. happens, right? Yeah. Was, um, I kind of, as I was dismantling Billy the boxer and discovering who Billy was, I really, I really got present to how much that I love people, which really shocked me because I'd spent all my life bashing people up. <laughs> and I got, I just got, I love people and I, I wanna, I wanna make a difference. Yeah. So then it was, so then obviously it's, moved on a little bit since then and my my kind of guys that I want to make a difference for I've kind of 40 plus yeah. so my mission in life is the transformation of the middle-aged man yeah I love that love so that. so that's that's what I'm up to and the results that we get in I do that I do that individually one-on-one -on -one, and I'm, I've just started doing groups yeah so we've got a group right at the moment honestly Sam it is you couldn't make it up it's just transformational love it it's an opportunity for men Men only, just to have an extraordinary conversation, which most men don't have the opportunity to have that. So I provide, I provide that safe space, and I'm with them right the way through. It's like a, it's like a training camp. Mm. It's the twelve round Billy Schwer experience. So twelve rounds that goes goes over twelve weeks. Yeah. So I'm in your corner, fighting alongside you, with you, and for you for twelve solid weeks. Yeah. So in that, so I've, I've chosen that length of time, obviously 12 is a good number yeah. for me, but it's not, 
it's not two or three weeks. You, you got, you got, and I've had people who can't stick it. They've thrown the towel in. Really? They haven't got to the end of it because it's tough. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't for everyone. No, no, not for absolutely the not. You've got to be willing to do the work, like I say. And that's it. Know, you know, same with some of my clients. It's not easy doing that inner game stuff. It really isn't. It's probably the toughest, toughest stuff you'll ever do. Yeah. And people, some people will avoid it. They'll challenge you. And it's just got their stuff right in the show. Their, their identity, their ego running the show. And it's, and it's interrupting that stuff. Yeah. Some, some, especially when I'm dealing with men. Some, some men are so egotistical and they just resist what... So it's kind of pointless. Mm. Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, unless that, so they have to be willing to hold their hands up and go, okay, let me surrender. I'm going to surrender. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've been where they're at. Yeah, and it's and I can see there's so much more available for them if they could just give up, give up their just give themselves up, just give themselves a break. Oh yeah, totally. I think you know when we let go and we be who we really are, which is a big part of you know, what I believe in. And that was my journey, just, you know, finding out who I was and just, you know, showing up in the world as who I really was. And, you know, because it just gave me a sense of freedom that I never had before, you know, just- I've heard you talk, I've heard you talk about that. Give me a, give me a little, little short version of that. What well, age, what I age think was I just, you? Sorry? What age was you when you, when you went through your process? Oh, there's been chapters, Billy. <laughs> there's been a couple of chapters. And the, the last chapter is a couple of years ago. But I feel like, and a bit like you say now, like, I, I love life. I absolutely love life. I love yeah. people. I really am excited about who I am. I, and I don't need anyone else to fulfill me or to make me feel good. I can look in the mirror and love who I am. And, and that's what I'm talking about for your guys that you work with. Yeah. Doing that work, I'm sure, coming out the other 12 weeks of that you know that I, I don't think I can describe it well enough what it feels like to feel like that somebody asked me today I was doing some work with someone this morning and I'm like but what is what does that feel like and it's just so freeing it's yeah. so freeing so because I, I totally get where you're at and this is this, you'll be I'm, I'm with you and it's um we want everyone to have that right yes yes so the way that I describe that Sam and it's, it's kind of, I find it weird that I even, I, that I can even say it mm. because I say I want for nothing. Mm. I want for nothing while I'm, in, while I'm in the pursuit of everything. Yeah. And everything is nothing enough. It's everything. Nothing is everything. And it's everything's nothing. Yeah. So that, allow, that allows for just a peace of mind. Just that feeling that you're describing that you're talking about. That's what I have. And it's like 10 out of 10. It's just a net. I mean, I've never felt better ever. Yeah. I'm so pleased. And, you know, and I know that feeling. It's a great feeling. And I, you know, like your energy is incredible. So um, I'm really chuffed. And it's the same. And I acknowledge you for doing the work to get yourself where you are. Yeah. But of course, like you say, when you have those, those feelings, you want other people, you want everyone to have it, right? You're like, well, you can feel like this too, you know? Absolutely, we know that, yeah. yeah. So I've got it, so have it. Yeah, exactly. One thing I want to talk about before you go, two questions really. One is, you've got a book, right? I've got a book. about the book. So women, please don't be offended. <laughs> we need to put a WO in the front of that. <laughs> because because uh, as my as I shared my story, I was, I was a, the reason I called it Man Up is, it's a little bit controversial, it maybe is. 
politically correct. So forgive me, please. But all the women that have read it, they love it. They get it. Yeah. And it's, it's just a metaphor. Yeah. The metaphor is I was a man down, as, as you've heard from my story. So I had to get up. Yeah. But hence, man up. Yeah. And that's my story. That's my personal journey. And inside of it is um, I've created a success model. Don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's um, that's what had me become a world champion. There's a positive cycle and a negative cycle. Yeah. So the whole book's about this model, oh, about cool. how, we, how that how that can apply, how you can just apply it to your life. Yeah. So we use that as a as a as a tool to go through our lives. We look at the negative cycle: doubt, distraction, and disappointment. Mm self-doubt the getting distraction the distractions that we choose the distractions that we unconsciously choose mm. being presence of those disappointment we end up in disappointment let's get into that positive cycle discipline dedication and desire what do you want that's the starting point of all achievement the first principle of success knowing that mm. a lot of us focus on what we don't want and we don't really know what we want a lot of people are not really clear what they want and then yeah. we end up focusing what we have or what we don't want or the past and then you just get what you think about, right? You get more of what you think about. Yeah, if you live, you live it, you know, if you think about the past, then your present is your past. And you just get more of that. Exactly, exactly. And then people are, people are pissed off with that. So yeah. people don't know that and people don't necessarily know that. Yeah. So you got to keep it. Just... I love your mindset. I, lo I love your framework as well. I've, I've heard you speak about it before, I think. On yeah. And stuff. And I, I do, yeah, I love your model. It's really, really good. Listen, Billy. <clears throat> Um, I've probably taken more of your time than I promised to take, but let me, last question for you. What's one question I haven't asked that you wished I had asked? Where do you want me to send the check? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy, thank you so much. I could probably talk to you for hours. Honestly, Sam, I love you, man. Life. I fucking love you. I love you. I love what you're doing. I love, I love your energy. I love what you're thank about. You. I love what you stand for. And I want to acknowledge you also because you're making such a difference to so many people. And let's keep the vibes high. Let's let's do it yeah. together, man. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much, Billy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Life Sports Show. I hope you found some value and joy in this podcast. If you have, then please tell someone else about it. And also, while you're at it, why not leave me a five-star review? Also, you can share it on your socials. You'll find me mostly on Instagram at Sam Adams Coach. You can also check me out at my website, sam-adams.com. Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.